I had like a focus and a goal. And in there, that's what you're, that's what can help you through so many hard times is that just feeling like you have a purpose with something because you'll lay in your rack at night and you'll just think to yourself, I've done some bad things. Hello, yogis, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dharma Talk. I'm your host, Henry Winslow, and this is episode number 46. You're not going to want to miss this episode. My guest this week is someone you may not have heard of, but someone you can learn from nonetheless. When I first met Emmett not too long ago, I was blown away by his story and knew right away I had to have him on the show. He is someone who has been through adversity and come out the other side totally transformed in the most positive way you can imagine. Emmett is a self-made yoga teacher, and by that I mean he did not have the luxury of studying yoga from teachers other than the books he could get his hands on, and that's because he was in prison. And the prison guards did not make it easy for him to follow this path, despite his obvious interest. But the challenges that Emmett went through are part of the reason he came away with such a powerful experience. We talk about the importance of finding your purpose in a difficult situation, especially when it comes to overcoming negative self-talk and doubt. And we talk about how Emmett applied the lessons of yoga to overcome rage and fear in prison and how his practice was put to the test inside a physical, literal cage. Lastly, we talk about why Emmett began teaching others in the first place and how, despite the prison staff's pressure to shut it down from the onset, Emmett's yoga program grew to a wait list of hundreds of people. So all of that is coming up very soon. Please stick around through these announcements, and we'll dive into my interview with Emmett Tatter. This episode is brought to you in part by Yoga East Austin. This April, I'm super excited to partake in the upcoming Rocket Yoga training at Yoga East Austin. It's a five-day ROYT, 50-hour practice intensive with Rocket Yoga pioneer David Kyle. David is a student of the late Rocket Yoga founder, Larry Schultz, who studied extensively with the father of Ashtanga Yoga, Patabi Joyce. If you're curious about Ashtanga or hand balancing, this training would be a great introduction since the rocket style tends to be a bit more loose and playful than traditional ashtanga. Rocket takes postures from the second and third series and peppers them throughout a fun and dynamic sequence. David has been conducting trainings for over 15 years and has mentored some of my teachers, peers, and even past guests on this show, Yoshi Ohama and Yancy Scott Schwartz. Needless to say, I am pumped to dive into the rocket at my old stomping grounds at that Yoga East Austin from April 24th to 28th. If you're interested, save on early bird registration through February 17th. For more info, go to yogaeastaustin.com slash rocket. On February 15th through 18th, I'm co-leading the second immersion at Lighthouse Yoga School with Jared McCann and Aviad Sasi. On March 2nd, I am giving a workshop at Yoga Fitness Herald Square on Vinyasa Fundamentals, or the Sun Salutations. So if either of those are of interest, head over to henrywins.com events 
And for the immersion, don't forget to drop in the referral code HENRYWINS to get 10% off your tuition. Okay, that's it. Please enjoy the interview. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have my new friend, Emmett Tatter, on the show. During his years in prison, Emmett discovered that yoga has the power to change, to heal, and to transform. Emmett, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Can't wait for you to share your story, which has already touched me and so many of your students. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I've, um, I feel alive. I'm just blessed to be here and very thankful. And thank you, Henry, for having me on the show. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to do it. And we were just uh, chatting before I turned on the recording. Also, thank you, Emmett, for having the primo audio setup here. I think this is going to be the best um, <laughs> audio quality we've ever had on Dharma Talk. So props to you You're for welcome. that. Yeah, props to the dad in the studio. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we always start these conversations with the same first question. I want to give you an opportunity to answer that question. What does the word Dharma mean to you? And what is your Dharma as you understand it today? Dharma for me um, sometimes is like, it's a very complex word, but for me, the experiences that I've had, they've all led me in a certain direction. And when I take all those experiences and I use them for good and I use them to bring myself up, to bring others up, to just try moving in a direction that's positive and right, I think those experiences and all of that is what makes Dharma such a powerful word to me. And that's my Dharma is trying to move in that direction and continuously help others, you know, take the experiences that they've had in their lives and maybe the traumas or the pain, the hardship or the joy and love and continue to spread that. So that's a beautiful interpretation of the word and one that I think comes with a lot of experience, you know, and it, we had a very short intro for you, short little bio, but, um, I touched on the fact that you spent some time in prison mm -hmm. and Ten I got to believe that that ha has a lot to do with your outlook on seeing your experience all as putting you on a path towards something greater. You mind talking a little bit about that and, um, you know, expanding upon how spending some time in prison prepared you for what you're doing now? Well, yeah, prison is actually where I discovered yoga. It's where I started trying to do something better with my life because before I didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, when I first got introduced to yoga, it was an injury that caused that and it's funny how it happened because you know everyone has this perception of what yoga is or especially back in the, you know where I grew up 
the girls did yoga, this and that. And where was that? Oh, St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. And um, I'm sure guys did yoga here, but I wasn't hanging out with them. I was too busy uh, hanging out, having fun, and getting in trouble, and which ultimately led me to prison. So, if you could repeat the question, uh, let me get on board again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. No, just keep telling your story, man. That's what we want to hear. Um, you know what happened in in prison to position you in a place where you're ready to receive the teachings of yoga or, or pursue them. Because I know, you know, in prison, it's not like there's a yoga class that you show up to and people are serving this information to you on a platter. Like you had to go out there and, and, and find it. Yeah. I have a little, yeah, I'll give a little backstory to that. So I guess I was locked up for a few years and, um, you know, prison, there's all types of horrible things there's some good things that happen in there but a lot of it's really negative and you know I've discovered working out when I just fell I was about 145 pounds and I was kind of skinny people called me slim sometimes didn't really like that <laughs> I started working out and doing push-ups and all these different calisthenic exercises just trying to go really hard and um, ended up hurting myself but while you're in prison, the guards, some of them are really nice, but a lot of them, the majority, it seems like are very uh, confrontational and very, uh, they aren't trying to help you pursue things that you're into. So um, there's a lot of brutality. And one of the things that led me to yoga is I got from this prison called Lake Butler, Florida. I was there for two years and there was just a lot of abuse on inmates. And when I saw friends getting beat up, I ran in and helped. And then um, the next day we were shipped, about 27 of us for tight and a riot. We got sent to a really bad institution known as Swanee where they torture, they'll spray you for nothing with pepper spray and gases and it just put this huge in my heart for officers for because I've never been around people that were just mean just to be mean. It was either a lifestyle and, you know, you kind of accept the lifestyle if you're living like this and they're living like that. It's just the way it is. But in there it was like, wow, this is real bad. So long story short with that, I ended up getting sent to an institution called Taylor CI, which was a gang huge gang camp and um you know started living a certain way not that I got involved with gangs but um you know you just feel like this is going on and I'm not going to let anyone mess with me so my attitudes were shifting and my parents my family they could see it because I was still trying to do college courses but during that the officers would ridicule me for trying to do college um throw away my school books, my work, send me to confinement for no reason at all, or just getting locked up on dumb stuff where it interrupts the studies. So six months, I end up being good for six months or staying out of trouble. And that's how you can get a transfer. Usually it's a year, but there was this medium custody camp called Lottie where they were um, trying to help the prison system in Florida and they were doing a bunch of pro 
forms and um, it was kind of a faith-based camp. Well, I sign up for it and end up getting sent to it because it's close to home. That was my main motive for going there, to get closer to home because in Florida, they'll send you way across the state, away from everything and everyone you know. So I get to this place, Lottie, and they have all these Christian-based programs. They have these self-study or you know, just different programs. But a lot of them are just so dumb and so pointless and it it's like they're just setting things up just to say they did it and get money for it. So, well, I was hurt myself because I was working out. That's how I dealt with stress. That's how I uh, got through some of the really horrible and negative things. When my mind was going crazy on my rack, I'd sit down and work out. or And I'd do it to a point sometimes because I can block out pain where I'd hurt myself. And I got injured in my leg. And my buddy was going to this meditation class. And in there, they had a yin video, and he started learning about um, yin yoga. But he was introducing it to me as like, it's just stretching, man. It's not yoga. Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not into that, bro. He's like, bro, but I think it can help your leg. And he's like, Emmett, you need it, dude. Come on. So I come up one day, and I do this yin video. I can't remember the instructor's name. I heard one of the teachers I've studied with say his name recently, but I can't remember it. But it was this incredible sequence. And I was, and he, it just, something in my mind was like, this is totally relaxing. I haven't felt in a while. So I sit down that night and I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, I want to do this. I call my mom. And I asked her to send me this book called Light on Yoga. And uh, I get the book about two weeks later. And I've been to two more classes of the uh, Yoga Yin. And then when I see this incredible Yengar Indian guy, all these crazy things, I'm like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ever going to put my, head, my foot behind my head. But I'm going to learn the damn triangle. And that handstand looks pretty cool. So you know what, I'm going to do this. And when I say I just practice and practice and practice and practice, that doesn't even get into the scope of what really was going on because my leg got healed. My mind, I started just, I had like a focus and a goal. And in there, that's what you're, that's what can help you through so many hard times is that just feeling like you have a purpose with something because You'll lay in your rack at night and you'll just think to yourself, man, I've hurt my family. I've hurt my loved ones. You know, I've done some bad things. It's just like, you know, overcoming that sometimes is a true monster inside of you. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that you have to tame. And yoga helped do that. Just that self-doubt, that um, person that's always in there like, you know, you messed up. You know, you you aren't as badass as you think you are, whatever it is. Yoga helped kind of quiet that and replace it with positive. Like, look, you just did a split. Look, you just did a crow or, you know, in the beginning, people were just telling me these names of all these asanas. And um, then I'd get the book and I was like, yeah, that's not the crow. That's not this. And then I've learned that, you know, 
yoga has many different asanas and names for things, but back to the true story. Dude, when I was practicing, I'd have officers come closet because I'd sneak around. You can't just work out in the dorm. You can't just, you know, go about and be like, oh, I'm a yoga guy in prison. You know, I've had friends. I had a reputation, you know, and it just kind of I just said, screw it. I don't even care about the reputation and it's going to mess with me anyway. So I'm going to do it wherever I can. Like if I'm in a hallway walking to go see an officer, he wants me to go work some job. I'm going to hit a handstand when no one can see me. And even though I'm falling down, I'm going to do it. I'm going to lock myself in a closet and hide in the mop closet and fall down in a puddle of sweat. Bops everywhere. The police walk in cussing me out. Get the out of here. <laughs> you know, it was yoga, yoga, yoga. And it totally transformed me. And um, Yeah. Well, you know, I really I want to pick out that thing that you said about having a, a purpose to get you through hard times. I think that is like, I think that's really at the crux, at the essence of everything that you just said. I recently read this book called um, Man's Search for Meaning by a guy named Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust concentration camp survivor. And kind of like the main theme of this book is, is the same idea that you just relayed. He says, man can withstand any how as long as he knows his why. And it kind of sounds silly to think like, oh, hitting a handstand or doing a crow pose could be your why. But having something that you're narrowly focused on and just so dead set on moving forward can really take you places. So yeah. thanks, thanks for I've sharing that. I've read that book, actually. Um, I read books while I was locked up. That's yeah, a great sure. book. That's a great book you just mentioned. Um, and along with yoga, reading actually helped me so much and it was like they complimented my growth reading these incredible books these stories about people that have been through such, just things that are so horrible that i couldn't even you know relate to and i have tons of stories that i could tell that are horrible but reading some <laughs> oh it just doesn't do justice you know so yeah it puts things in perspective for sure yeah, and that's another thing, like what you mentioned and what he, the author of that book mentioned is like these little triumphs you get with yoga, these little asanas that seem little to some people or this or that, but think about it through the mind of someone that's locked up in prison. I lived in a neighborhood that gangbanged their whole life. I have a friend named Castro. This guy gangbanged his whole life, had mad street power out there, and in the prison system, mad power. And, you know, just him stepping out of that and doing and trying yoga, that's a huge accomplishment for a guy that knows nothing but respect and this and that. And then you're in a yoga class doing this. That takes a lot of strength, a lot of courage. And one thing, I'd be on the rec yard sometimes, you know, and I've been to all different camps in Florida. We call prisons camps in, in Florida. So I've been to all these different prisons and I've met thousands of people. They know me and they know that, you know, no one's going to mess with me, this and that. And then they see me out on the rec yard 
doing, uh, like, I don't know, straddle splits and doing all this stuff. Head and they'd be like, hey, Tatter, why you got your head in your ass? And I'd be like flipping them off, doing yoga. You should come over here and do it. Da, da, da. And people will say, you know, no one mess with me or try me too hard. It's just friends joking. But it's they'll say that. But I could see the interest. So during this time, I took that and I used it and I'd start being like, hey, man. And I'd start doing it like crow poses or these different arm balances. And once I finally hit the handstand, oh, my God, everyone wanted to do a handstand. There were people looking around with busted faces, split eyes trying to do handstands on the compound. I'd walk into the chow hall. They'd be like, Tatter, I did a handstand for 10 seconds. And I'd be like, dude, you have a split down your face. you like, yeah, I fell after the 11 seconds, split my head open, but it's all good, bro. Thank you, man. And uh, That's amazing. Yeah. These, you know, it felt so good to um, see the change and the growth in others as well. And that's what I think motivated me more to... T- um, to yeah. keep practicing and to keep mm-hmm. learning because these guys, <laughs> you know, we've seen the things in there. People get killed. Um, people get stabbed. People get killed by the police um, and just disrespected on a level every single day that is hard to understand unless you've been there. And then some of these guys have grown up in the worst situation foster care, um, gang territories that are like war zones and they're coming to yoga and different gangs are interacting with each other. And that's why my friend Asa Todd and my friend Lang and I, we decided to really try teaching yoga onto the compound and we brought it there (laughs) so hard. I had hits put on me by the police because the chaplain was just, you know, you know, nothing against different religions or anything like that. But this chaplain, he did not like yoga on his compound. And he'd send the police after me and they'd set me up trying to say I pushed the officer one time and locked me up and were going to send me to what's called CM, which I already had gone through with this closed management which is basically you're locked down for months and months in the box and confinement so they were trying to get me from that camp and you know yoga taught me to be patient and to not flip out because before I might have been like F you da 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 and given them more of a reason to stay away but yoga taught me to like calm down in those heated situations and breathe because an asana is all about breath. And when I breathe through those situations and not freak out and start thinking the worst, I didn't get shipped. Thing happened. And I just started seeing this. And I started seeing the changes in people. Like my friends, these gang banged out guys. Being like, Tatter, did you notice that I quit smoking for eight months? I didn't say anything because I always say something. But did you notice? I'd be like, nah, bro, I'm proud of you, though. I'm proud. And he'd be like, thanks, man. I feel really good about it. And just seeing someone that works on an asana for five months and then they finally get it and just the excitement. And I know what it's doing in them because it's done the same thing in me. And then helping these guys, these older gentlemen, 
I would find asanas after them, like for them, specifically for them. I'd read that light on yoga book and then I eventually got another book sent in. I can't remember the name, but I would like examine the pages, see what this guy's problem was. And then I would design a plan for him and they'd be like, listen, I have no money, but I'll teach you the stock market. I'll do this and that. And it was just like incredible to see others and man, I can't joy it brought me and the joy it brought my family and my parents you know well i think that's like it's such a powerful story because if it weren't for you having that kind of like rough exterior tough guy persona and having the the thick skin to be able to get past all the heckling and the abuse from the guards and the kind of you know intrigued but but still uh you know, they're like the, the mocking from your, your fellow campmates, then you wouldn't have been able to influence people in that way. And what I really found, um, interesting and, you know, maybe it's obvious to you, but to hear you explain the story brought a new level of insight for me is that the yoga actually became a huge part of the rehabilitation itself to get you to be able to quell the anger and, and manage these situations that were testing you. Did that become something that you ended up teaching when you were teaching in the prison system? Or was it something that you just allowed to unfold naturally as it had for you? Well, I'm going to have to give credit to uh, Asa Todd too. This guy, Asa Todd, he's still locked up. and um, But he was really into the meditation aspect of yoga and I got really into the asana. Right. And when I started meditating, it was it allowed me to see deeper inside myself, which inspired me to set this yoga class up to really have that influence like you were speaking about, that positive, you know, this is a good outlet. And we really did try pushing that. We tried pushing that. That's how we created the class. That's how we went to the administration. People were totally against it. And we built and created and put together this plan. I said, this is the reason for this. This is why we want to do this. This is what's going on. And we researched facts. And it's so hard to research anything in prison. And it takes months sometimes. And um, ended up approving it. And that, that was our pitch to them, you know. <laughs> We're trying to eliminate violence on the compound. We're trying to um, bring peace to this place. And we think we can do this. And the classes started out with, I don't know, maybe 20 people, maybe if that. And by the time I got shipped, there was hundreds and hundreds of people signed up for it. And there were two classes. We had three, but one of them, the police set me up. <laughs> got me messed up but um there were two classes when I left and they were happening two times a week and I'd say 700 people I think were signed up to do the yoga class which is crazy which is crazy like take a minute and think about that like 700 people you didn't have them all in one class at one time right there must have been a wait list or something oh yeah there's a there was a huge wait list and you know, because there was a wait list, I would actually, you know, for the people that couldn't get into the class and just for people that were 
I'm shy or embarrassed, you know, I would do one-on-ones or I would go out onto the rec yard and we would hold, you know, we'd I'd form a huge circle in this field and there might be 50, 60 of us, sometimes only three, sometimes five. But for those people that wanted to do it and couldn't get in the class, we were out there doing it, you know, and right on out there on the rec yard. People are, you know, it's not... <laughs> We're out there yoga, and people are seeing that, and it's spreading. You know how just doing a pack-filled yoga class, you know the feeling it gives you, the inspiration, just that energy. That really does go out onto the compound. And when you really see the violence go down in a place where, you know, this is a common, normal thing, it's inspiring, <laughs> not just for me, but for tons of people. And I think this could really help every prison and that's one thing I doing now you know giving talks about awareness and just anything to try getting that out there this this positive great thing that anyone can have mm-hmm. so and, tell me about tell me about <laughs> your experience getting out like what what happened there I'm sure that was you know, I'm sure you were thrilled to finally be out of the system, but at the same time, you know, you are really making changes from the inside. So what are you, what are you doing now? You know, for, I'll say for the listeners, you know, we met because you hopped into a teacher training at, at Lighthouse that I was assisting with. So that was how I had the yeah. pleasure of meeting you. And I know you've been going basically nuts, like studying with all the teachers that you can. So yeah. w- what's happening now well, for you? What's happening now, I've been teaching at um, my mom, W.B. Tatter's studio and gallery in St. Augustine, Florida. It's an art studio. And, you know, we'll clear out space and I'll hold yoga classes. And right now I'm just holding beginner classes and then taking private sessions because I also teach calisthenics. So I've just really been trying to get all these certifications. Like, you know, I've went to Fort Lauderdale to see Dylan Werner, you know, and try learning some handstand stuff with him. Uh, I went to Miami with Keno McGregor. It was awesome with the Ashtanga. And coming up to you guys in New York, you know, Lighthouse Yoga School, shout out, because that was so incredible. And just been on this journey now. I'm trying to do the things that I wanted to do before, like that I was too scared to do, like dance lessons, you know, just anything and getting the training and just, you know, expanding my mind and just bringing it all back here, St. Augustine or to wherever I am, because I want to teach wherever I go and wherever I go, I want to learn something. And that's my mission. And I see it helping people here already. You know, just the information I learned from you guys up at, you know, Lighthouse. Incredible. And that's what I was searching for in prison. Like I learned the yoga asana, but now I'm learning all those little techniques, those skills, the Uddiyata, the Mula Bandha, activate, you know, concentrate, like just these little things that I knew I was lacking. And now I can bring that to the practice. And the classes are so fun because I try really teaching kind of, it's more than just like a vinyasa flow for me or or this or that I try giving something to someone that I got and my experience isn't going to be the same as yours 
but I want you to have the knowledge because I know when I was inside prison and I was just asking all these questions and I had no answer. Like, I know I'm not doing this right. I know I'm, you know, I want, I don't want someone to feel like that. I want to be there to provide them with, you know, some type of answer. I can't, I would like to help them on their journey any way I can, you know? So what I'm doing now is just trying to get this business set up down here in Florida. And it's been hard because, you know, I felt like I mastered prison. You know, I know how to get by. I know how to survive. And before I got locked up, I wasn't living like this, you know. So all this is new, like learning to use the computers, the phone, the business, learning to um, put everything I want to do and have it bear that fruit, so to speak, you know. And it's just a lot of work, but it's it's challenging. I like challenges. And um, I know I'm going to do it just like I, I knew I was going to do a split. And Henry, I'm still practicing. I'm so close to touching my head, my feet to my head in that scorpion. Like I'm going to do it. And I know I'm going to do it because when I put my mind to it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so yeah. and when I do, you're going to get a picture. <laughs> yeah. But and that's that attitude will take you I'm learning. I'm growing. That attitude will take you very far in your yoga practice and in life. You know, I think that's, this is something that a lot of people don't think about, um, that when you are so deep inside a system like prison or any, anything else that really puts you in a, a distinct context, when you get out, even if everybody thinks of freedom as being, you know, a, the better situation, you still have to relearn. You have to figure out how to work within a new system. But I have faith that you have the ability to figure it out yeah. because you've learned how to learn and how to adapt and how to use these skills, these sciences of yoga to to help you manage really any condition. Yeah. So you just got to keep doing it, keep practicing. It is incredible. Like Henry, um, this one time while I was in prison, this is like yoga is real <laughs> i'm gonna tell you why i think that because i got locked up one time this officer she said that my friend was um trying to establish a relationship with her which he wasn't you know she totally lied because she didn't like him and i stuck up for him and they locked me up too and said i was trying to establish a relationship too so i get put in this cage what does that mean establish a relationship like um you like establish a relationship could could be anything trying to get her to bring in contraband or trying oh. to establish a relationship like more than just guard inmate relationship like friend relationship oh, or or like i want to hook up with you relationship you know mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so i get sent to the cage and that's like an automatic ship from the compound when you get charged with that a dr for that they automatically ship you and i just remember being in the cave they were saying i was going to go to this really really horrible institution called columbia ci which is just gang infested it's just horrible and i've been through the horrible camps you know just the thought of having to go back and like yeah i know i'm going to be straight but 
it's like, damn, I got to go through all that again. You know what I mean? So I'm in the cage. I'm kind of like thinking negative and I'm not even thinking negative. I'm hyping myself up for when I go because I know how the officers are those camps and I know how some of the inmates are. And I'm just like, all right, screw it. I'm getting in the mindset like anyone tries me, I'm going to smash them on site. If the officers try me, I'll go see them. I don't care. Da, 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 da. They're shipping me. This chick lied on me. She lied on my friend. We're going to get shipped, whatever. And I'm getting in that whatever. And that's a common theme for a lot of people when something's hard or you get pissed or whatever. It's You get into that screw it attitude, that whatever. Well, I was experiencing that in like the smallest tiny cage. It's like a cage you can't even sit down in. You have to stand up. And it's just, you're like an animal in there. And I'm looking at the officers. I'm mugging them. I'm like, you know. Just say something. I want to cuss you out right now. You're already shipping me. You know what I mean? So they're fucking by me. And then in my mind, I'm like, Emmett, you've been in this cage for three hours. And let me tell you, I had to use the bathroom. I had to pee. I had to take a crap. It's like nervous. My stomach's bellying, uh, bubbling. And then I think, Emmett, you've been practicing yoga on this compound for about two years. And you're still here. It's been hours. They haven't brought the van yet. You haven't been shipped yet. Emmett, yoga. So to get my mind off having to use a bathroom, to get my mind off how upset I was, I started with a little sun salutation inside this cage, like breathing in. And I can't lift my arms all the way out to the side, so I'm raising them up, folding forward, exhale, in-breath, halfway lift, exhale, fold forward. And I'm trying to do lunges, and it's such a tight cage, I can only do little lunges, but I'm holding it. Activate your core, breathe. And then I start doing, trying to do handstands in the cage. Try, I do a whole, a whole flow for like two hours in this cage. And right when I finish, I swear my attitude changed. I was like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Your parents are going to accept what happened. They're going to know you're telling the truth. Everything's going to be okay because that's a big thing. I've let down people and I didn't want to let them down or the people that saw how great I was doing. I didn't want to let them down, you know, because I wanted to be, a, I don't know, kind of like a lighthouse for people, you know. And um, that positivity, right when I had that in my head, this guard comes out and he's like, hey, uh, the captain wants to see you. So they pull me out. They cuff me up. They pull me out. And I'd go and talk to this captain. And he knows me because when I first got onto the compound, I got into it with this dude over the phone. And this captain, actually lieutenant then, and he moved to an all-female prison for the two years that I was on the compound. And when he came back, he saw when I'm in the office, he goes, Tatter, man, what's going on? And I explained the situation to him. And he's like, Tatter, I can see the transformation in you right now. He's like, I'm not even going for that. He's like, I'm going to call down to the dorm and see what this woman says. Because if she keeps saying it, I'm going to have to ship you. I'm going to stick up for you because I don't, I don't see you doing that. I was like, man, well, this is what it is. I'm just, I can tell you, you know, she lied. And that's all it is. And he calls down there. And she apologizes and says that, like, you know, she felt like the one. But since 
you know, women lose their jobs or people lose their jobs. She was just scared when he complimented her on something and she didn't want someone to hear and maybe her lose her job. So long story short, the captain is like, I'm not sending you. I'm not shipping you. And it was just this like, wait, I get back to the dorm. My buddies, they're like, Emmett, oh, thank God. You know, Castro, he's out the window looking for me. We're in the dorm together. You know, he's out here now doing great. Um, it's just incredible. I can't tell you, man. It's just, it's just I mean, incredible. that's just like the proof is in the pudding, you know. You use the yoga in, in, like, in the most explicit <laughs> way possible in a really challenging situation, and it turned the whole thing around. First internally, and then also in the external outcome, too. Like You got to stay. Yeah, Another crazy. really thing, a cool thing about that story is that uh, you know, maybe going into that, you were stuck in your own idea about you know i'm getting singled out i'm being targeted here and it's not fair i'm gonna get shipped out even though i didn't do anything wrong but in the end because you were able to calm it down and and be there through the whole situation you learned the perspective of of the guard too of the female guard and you know i think that's a real that's a real thing too in a yoga practice it's like the more you do this, the more you start to naturally be compassionate toward other people because it's much easier to empathize with their situation and their perspective. Yeah, yeah and it is. And you can find forgiveness, um, <laughs> you know, if, I don't know how long this interview is, but I could tell a story on forgiveness too, brother. <laughs> Let's hear um, it. Let's have one more story. All right. Okay. All right. So... Officer, Officer Yunus, and um, you know he's really kind of just a jerk on the compound, and he always thought I was hustling, like selling drugs. Even though I'm doing this yoga, doing all this stuff on the compound, he just—I don't know—he didn't like me, but I guess he didn't like anyone. And um, one day he worked our dorm. I was in the dorm, and one day he was working it, and I called home. And when I called home, my dad and my brother were in a huge argument. And my mom picked up the phone and she was crying. And my brother wasn't living at home at the time, but I guess he started um, doing drugs. Or And my dad and him got in an argument because my dad called him an addict or this or that. And uh, my mom's crying. You have to calm him down. You have to call Zach. You have to do this. So I kneel down. And when you're at the phones, no officer really cares. I've barely met out of all the years any officer that cares if you kneel and crouch down at the phone. But this one particular day, this dude's like, hey, Tatter, you know you aren't supposed to be kneeling down at the phone. Stand up, boy. And I'm like, so I look at him and listen. Yeah, I do yoga. But I don't like people talking to me just any type of way, <laughs> you know. So I'm looking at him. I'm just like, especially officers, because I'm still dealing with that. You know, all this stuff I've seen, you know, I, it comes back in flashes, you know, guards killing people and beating me up and spraying me out. So I'm just like looking at him. My mom's crying. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I stand up. I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to 
Zach right now. So I hang up and I call my brother. And my friends in the dorm, they see that I'm stressing. So they're letting me skip the line and use the phone again. So I call my brother. He's like, I'm going to, he's talking crazy what he's going to do to dad or something. And at the time, my brother wasn't in a good place. And I'm trying to calm him down. And when I do, I kneel down again. And the comes out this booth. And he's like, hey, tell him bye. And I look at him and I'm like, looking at him he's like tell him bye and i'm staring at exact hey bro i gotta go because i got this fs officer right here trying <laughs> making me get off the phone but i'll call you later and i hang up and when i go to walk away i go to like walk by him and not even look at him and he says did you just call me can i cuss on this yeah say whatever you need to say yeah he's like did you just call me a fuck ass officer and i look at him I turn around, and at this point, I'm like all in. Like, yeah, I did call you a fuck ass office. I said, hey, if you got a job to do, I'll appreciate you doing your job. And if you feel like I'm doing something wrong, all you got to do is lock me up, homeboy. And I turn around, I do the cuff thing, like, lock me up. But all that freaking attitude, all that. And then I was like, you know what? How about I just go up in your shit right now? And the old me's coming out. Not old me, just the angry, the, um, I've been through years of, and just more, and my parents are crying. All this is like, I'm done playing with you. So, yeah, I'll go up in your shit right now. What's up? And he pulls out his radio, and I'm like, motherfucker, you better get the radio. You better tell these people to run here right now, because guess what's going to happen? Have you ever hogtied someone at this camp? Have you ever hogtied someone, wrote me up? Because that's what you're going to have to do to pull me out of here. Officers, and I'm snapping, I'm going crazy, and he and he rushes into the security booth and I start banging on the glass like, come on, motherfucker, I'll kill you. Da, 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 da. And by this time, people in the dorm, they rush to him. They're rushing to my best friend Castro, my buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, just like all these dudes, my buddy Five, um, Royster, just like all these guys that I've been in the dorm, they know how I am. I don't get yeah, but when I do, you know, so they rush up, they slam me up against the wall. They're like, Emmett, Emmett, you got all this good stuff going on. You're about to get out in a couple of years. Just chill, man. You're going to go. I'm like, fuck that. I'll kill that dude and this and that. And um, uh, they're like, think of your mom, man. Think of your mom. I'm like, dude, I don't want to think of my mom right now. I want to get at this guy. And I'm like, you know, I'm almost crying. I'm, I'm so mad. You know what I mean? I'm ready to just this person and they finally pull me into the back of the dorm like 10 of my buddies and the guy doesn't lock me up by all rights let's face it whether i was right whether he was right or wrong what i did at that point it was like you should be dead probably at another camp these officers are going to kill you so long story short i um he doesn't lock me up and I calm down. I sit on my bunk. The people are talking to me. They're telling me I'm crazy and stuff. And, uh, you know, I meditate for a little bit. And, um, and I'm like, damn, I can't believe I didn't get locked up. And I'm thankful. But in my heart for the next couple months, I'm walking around. Every time I see this guy, I'm like, you know, I, I hate you. I'm thinking that. And <laughs> next thing. That happens is I go to this program late at night 
And it's like some theology, theosophy, I don't know, some, some class. I wasn't interested in it. But I went to get a program because at this compound to stay there, you had to get a certain amount of like self-help programs every month or go to them. So I attend. And when I go to use the restroom, I catch this same officer sitting on a bench. And inside, he's, I mean, he's outside. It's nighttime. He, he's slipping. His head down in his hands. He's not even paying attention. I'm thinking, man, I can get this guy right now. You know, I can I can lay into him right now, and I walk past him. I'm laughing to myself. This, this is um, this is how wrong thinking can be. I'm using the bathroom, and I'm thinking this to myself. And then I, in the middle of those thoughts, I'm like, you know what? This guy didn't lock me up. No matter what, he didn't. And said one word to me. And then I start really internalizing it and looking at it. I'm like, I'm really not even mad. Like, I've been carrying this around inside. And really, I've been over it. But I'm consciously trying to hold on to this. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apologize to this guy. Because he should have, who knows what could have happened from that. So right when I'm about to walk back out the door to see this guy, right when I open the door, my eyes fuck that officer you know but i turn anyways towards him and when i'm in front of him he's looking up at me and his are huge and i'm like officer Eunice, i don't know if you remember a couple months ago but i just want you to know things way out of hand and they never should have gone that far and i just want you to know that i'm sorry and i apologize for that and he goes tatter Tatter, sit down. And I'm like thinking in my head, man, I don't want everyone to see me sit down with this dude. So, but I sit down and he goes, Emmett, if anyone owes someone an apology, I owe you one. He's like, Emmett, that day I was shooting at you. I was really jugging at you. I was trying to get you wound up. And when you turned around and I saw that look in your eyes, he's like, I knew instantly that I was wrong and that you were going through something. And he's like, I've never frozen up like that before in my life. And he's like, Tatter, I can tell you the exact day that happened. That was two thousand. That was September 11, 2015. And forever that day has changed my life. He's like, that day, I, that night I went home and started looking at how I was treating inmates and treating people. And not just people, but my family. And he's like, and ever since that day, I've been trying to be a better person. And I want you to know that I'm sorry. And I'm just like, whoa, I'm blown away. Like, damn. Um, And it's just crazy how things can happen like that. You know, yeah, I did something bad. I cussed this guy. I mean, I was ready to kill this dude. And he was so mean, but like a positive came from that negative. And like that really, really hit me. You know, this guy, you know, true to his word since then like wasn't shooting at people and just like it's just crazy how things work and um yeah you you never really you know, know the way that that you're affecting people until you have a conversation like that yeah and um it's just wild <laughs> you know you aren't supposed to but i've tried finding people like 
you know, just people on like Instagram. I'm new to the whole Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, one thing they'll recognize is I like yoga. They might not remember my name, but Emmett's yoga should be like a big. So I try find these people and I would love to find some of these officers that, you know, because some of them were all right. And some of them helped me with my mission of yoga. And I got to give credit where it's due. And, you know, shout outs to my buddies. Like I've had, you know, MS-13 members like my buddy Lucho, one of the most people I know. They just helped me with my path towards that. Castro and Santiago and just all these guys that, you know, when I was going to mess up and throw everything that I've been working away, like everything I've been working on. There have been times in there where, you know, sometimes your best isn't good enough and you need that help from others and like when people see you doing good and people see this change in you they start believing in you and then it gives you the strength to believe in yourself in those crucial moments and sometimes when you don't you can't find it because you're too upset or that sometimes these officers these friends these people that you've met somewhere out of left field someone comes into your life and they keep pushing you forward and it's just incredible and it's a beautiful thing and you know that's yoga that's what this is about that's what this dharma is about that's that's what it is and i'm so freaking happy to be a part of it and just all the people that have believed in me my mom's the best you know i could tell stories about so much stuff and it's just like yoga is the best story of all for me and I'm thankful to be a part of it anyways. <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk for hours, Emmett, and I appreciate you sharing all these stories. Um, you know, I think really what it comes down to is you you can't do any of this stuff alone, you know, and, and part of yoga is seeing everyone as a teacher, and that includes, you know, your yoga teachers, it includes your yoga students, and it includes your family and the people that you see as standing in your way. Everyone's a teacher. Yeah. And, um, I feel like we're going to have more conversations like this, but for now we got to take this into the final section of the interview, which is what I call the prana round. <laughs> and here is where I'm going to ask you six rapid fire <laughs> questions and ask you to answer minimum ones, uh, minimum one word, maximum one sentence. Okay. Oh, Lord, I'm horrible at these. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. In one <laughs> word, in one word, why do you practice yoga? It's life. Life. What's your favorite yoga pose and why? Favorite yoga pose is um, handstand scorpion because it's challenging. Makes me focus in different ways. Never been able to. <laughs> What's the single best cue or piece of advice that you've ever received from a teacher? Breathe. <laughs> Recommend one book, either modern or ancient, for our listeners. Arturo Perez's um, Painter of Battles. Okay. Is yoga for everyone? Yes, definitely. All right, Emmett, last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you and your dharma? Um, you can get in touch with me at 
I guess my Instagram account is Emmett's Yoga. Um, I live in St. Augustine, Florida, starting a yoga studio down here. The help of my mom, Wendy B. Tatter Gallery. It's on 501 Anastasia Boulevard. And, you know, when I get a ups- website up and running, I'll let you know. But I'm working on all that. And I guess just spreading awareness about prison and yoga and help, you know, any anything. It's not only just about me, so. Yeah, man. You've got a, a strong force propelling you forward. So I can't wait to see everything that you do and all the different ways that you take off with this. Um, and again, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today on Dharma Talk. It's, it's really been my pleasure. Thank you, Emmett. Of course. Thank you so much. I want to just give a quick thanks to uh, Jared, Can, to you, to Veronica, to Aviad, to an incredible layout school up there and you taking the time to get me on this um, Dharma Talk. It's awesome. Hey, Dharma Talk community. If you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button right now. And if you'd like to show your support even more, leave me an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcast directory you listen on. You can also make a financial contribution to keep the show up and running, a donation at henrywins.com. And remember, I'm here to serve you. So if you have any questions or comments or ideas, you can always reach me on Instagram at henrywins. Otherwise, I'll speak to you next week. Keep living your dharma.